not to scare anyone, but uh, a week from today it's Christmas Eve, so hopefully you got your shopping done this morning. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Next Friday. Okay. It was, it was well, my birthday last year. It was? I think a lot of people's birthday was last year. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. I'm a bit of a reader, and what I often like to read are, are biographies. I like to learn about other people and their experiences, and one of the books that I love and I recommend, it's called The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. If you haven't read it, it's an excellent book. It's about a woman and her family who, during World War II, were put into a concentration camp. And they were believers and just the experience about it and afterwards. One of the unique things about the story of her, of her biography is two years after World War II, 1947, during a church service where Corey Ten Boom was, was sharing her testimony, she noticed in the crowd one of the guards that was at the concentration camp. She knew who he was, but the man did not. I'm sure he didn't because there were so many prisoners there. And at that moment in time, it's interesting that two unique people were there as believers in a church. We had a prisoner in a concentration camp and a guard sent to make sure that they were in that concentration camp. But now they were both in the same building, worshiping the same God. And this morning, we are going to see the wideness of Christ's love and mercy, as we're going to see in Mark chapter 4, two people, two people from opposite spectrums, that on any ordinary day would not even touch cross paths, but they will cross paths. And what will bring them together is one person, Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to begin with the word of prayer, and then we will dive in. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. Lord, we came here. It's cold. We want to be in our warm beds. But, Lord, we chose to come here because we desire to hear what you have to say this morning. So, Lord, I pray you would just bless the message, bless our hearts, open our hearts to hear what you have to say. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this morning, I'm going to share with you five traits, five characteristics that show us the vastness of Christ's love and mercy. In Mark chapter 5, or excuse me, chapter 4, we read here in verse 21, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship onto the other side, much people gathered onto him, and he was nine of the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. And Jesus went with them, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman had an issue of blood twelve years. And she suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Here we have two people in this story. 
Jesus comes across the other side of the sea, and there we have a man named Jairus. The Bible mentions his name is Jairus. The other person doesn't mention. Her name isn't mentioned. She was just a certain woman. You see, two people. Jairus was a somebody. And what I mean by that is the Bible recognized his name. It also tells him that he was a leader of the synagogue. He was a somebody. The woman was a nobody. We don't know her name now. We don't know what she did. We do know that she had a condition for 12 years, but Jairus was a somebody. She was a nobody. But yet, as we're going to find out, Christ reached out to them both. He didn't say, oh, yes, Jairus, come, come. I know you. You are the man. And not you, woman. No. We're going to see that Christ welcomed them both, despite their social status. For she said, if I may touch, this is the woman, just his clothes, I will be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. The second thing is our piety or our religion. You see, Jairus was a man of the synagogue. He was one of the leaders. He was religious. People would know, oh, Jairus, yes, he's the leader of the synagogue. This woman had a condition for 12 years. And with that condition for 12 years made her unclean. She could not enter the synagogue. She could not enter the temple. She was an outcast. And Jairus was an insider. But yet, Jesus healed the woman. And we're going to read that Jesus is going to heal Jairus' daughter. Jairus was an insider. The woman was an outsider. And there are people who are religious that don't know Christ. And there are people who are not religious, who don't want anything to do with Christ. But yet, Christ comes into their lives, opposite ends of the spectrum, the vastest of Christ's love and mercy. And they're healed. They're made whole. They're a new creation in Christ. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? A huge crowd. People thronging. People trying to get to Jesus. And Jesus stops because he notices, and obviously he knew who it was, but he said, who touched my clothes? Who touched my cloak? Who touched it? And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Jesus stopped, recognized the woman who for 12 years couldn't hang out with her family, couldn't hang out for Christmas or Thanksgiving, an outcast for 12 years. And Jesus recognizes her and commends her that her faith has made her whole. Another trait is people's faith. The woman had a little faith. Notice she says in verse 30, if or not verse 30, in verse 28, if I may touch but his clothes, I will be made whole. There's nothing in the Bible that says if you touch Jesus' clothes, you're going to be healed. 
But the little face she did have, God recognized. He met her that way. But Jairus had big faith. He came boldly onto Jesus, knowing that Jesus, in verse 30, or excuse me, verse 30, 20, 23, excuse me, if you come and lay my hands on my daughter, she may be healed. She may live. Gang, you may have a little faith. You may have a lot of faith. God's grace and wideness welcomes all. Jesus even mentions if you have the faith of a mustard seed. I don't know if you've seen a mustard seed. It's very small. I imagine how many mustard seeds it takes to make mustard. It's probably a lot. But a little tiny seed. And that's all you need. Faith. Status. Religion or piety. And while he yet spake, there came a, from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest the master any further? The woman was healed. Jairus' friend comes and says, Jairus, I'm sorry, buddy. Daughter didn't make it. And I can imagine Jairus at that point was saying, You healed the woman. If, if only Jesus, you hadn't have stopped. My, my daughter could have been saved. Jairus is at a point in his life where he needed Jesus, right? He needed a miracle. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and he come into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult, And there they wept and wailed greatly. Another trait we see here is wealth. You see, at Jairus' house, we notice that there were people wailing and weeping. Back in that day, during situations, you would hire professional wailers. I'm not talking the ones with harpoons getting stuff. But people who would cry and moan and make a scene. It's kind of weird for us, but that'd be a sweet gig if you're really into it, right? But he was able to hire these people because he had money. The woman that Jesus healed spent all of her money on cures that did nothing. But yet Jesus, the wideness of him, despite their bank account, welcomed them both. They healed them both, despite their wealth. And when he came in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleeps. <coughs> and they laughed at him in scorn. And when they had put them all out, he taketh his father and the mother of the damsel. And when they were with him, he entered in where the damsel was, damsel was laying. And he took the damsel by the hand. He said unto her, Talithai kume, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. She was at the age of 12 years. And they were astonished. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. And commanded that something should be given her to eat. 12 years. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old when this happened. He had 12 years of good times when all of a sudden this tragedy spoke. The woman 
what is interesting, had a flow of blood, this condition that made her unclean, for 12 years. She had 12 years of sorrow. Which leads us to our final trait, is the seasons of life. You see, things could be going great for you. Jairus, up until this moment, didn't need Jesus. His daughter was fine. But it was only when circumstances came that he needed Jesus. He realized that I can't heal her. I have all the money in the world. I am an important person, but I cannot heal my daughter. The woman, on the other end of the spectrum, she had money, but she spent all of her money for cures that didn't work. I can imagine she heard, oh, this doctor can make you whole. It only costs this much. And so little by little, she would dole out all her money until she was bankrupt. She, on the opposite end, had nothing left. She came on her own, knowing her condition, thinking if only I could touch Jesus' garment. Basically, this is my only chance. If anyone who could heal me, it's Jesus. And so she pushed her way into the crowd. And I'm sure it was hard to do that, knowing her condition. But when she touched his garment, she was made whole. When Jesus came to Jairus' daughter, who was dead, people mocking and laughing at him, spoke the word, she rose again. Twelve years. Seasons of life. What is interesting about these five traits is all of us are related to this. You see, we're either a somebody or nobody, right? We're either important or we're not, but Jesus welcomes us all. You can be the most important person. You can be a Kardashian. Or you can be the unnamed person who no one cares about, who no one knows about. Jesus' vastness of his love and mercy encompasses them both. You could be super religious, but religion can't save you. It makes you feel important. Or you can be irreligious. You can be coming here because I just want, I just want some food. But you're still in that category of Christ's wideness of love and mercy. Christ is willing to heal you, to make you holy. All of us fit in that category. Your wealth can be rich. But your riches can't save your soul. You can be poor, but you can't save your soul. If you don't have any money, right? You can't buy your clubs. It's not going to work either. It doesn't matter your bank account. Jesus doesn't care. There's no club saying you need to have this bank account to get into heaven. No. It's all about Christ. It can be your faith. You can have big faith. You can have little faith. Jesus honors them both. And also the seasons. Right now, it could be you could have a great time right now. This could be the best time in your life. But it doesn't change the fact that in an instant, in a heartbeat, things can change. Or it could be right now where you're struggling to make ends meet. Perhaps it's the good times bringing you to Christ. Or maybe it's the bad times. We all go through seasons. And Christ's wideness of his love and mercy is able to make us both. An interesting story when I mentioned about Corey Ten Boom. 
1947, two years after she was in that concentration camp. She lost her sister, she lost her family. That guard had no idea who she was, but she knew. And for that time she was there, she was in prison, and he was the one keeping her there. But the man approached, not knowing who Corey Tenboom was, and says, I, I love your message. Uh, that was great to hear. And Corey Tenboom felt God saying to her, you need to forgive him. And if anyone had a right not to forgive someone, it was Corey Ten Boom, and say, no, no, no. My family died in that camp. You could have done something. You kept people there against their will, doing horrible, abominable things. But Christ reminded her that he had forgiven him. And if he has been forgiven much, she must be forgiven much. And so what did she do? She went out and she hugged him and she forgave. This morning, you are not beyond the reach of Christ's love and mercy. All of us have done things that maybe only we know. And if anyone found out, we would be devastated. But you know what? God knows. You know what God did to save us? He sent his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins, for the deepest, darkest things. He says, yes, I died for that. Why? To keep you, to make you a way to get to heaven, to keep you from going to hell, which wasn't meant for any of us. If he was able to save Jairus' daughter, if he was able to heal the, un, the unclean woman, He's able to make you whole. And so this morning, that's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you, are you willing to come to the cross? Are you willing to, to, to take Jesus at his word and admit that you're a sinner and I can't do it by myself? Jairus couldn't save himself. He couldn't save his daughter. The woman couldn't do anything. None of us can do anything but Christ can. And so that's the question. It is the Christmas season where we talk about the Savior being born. And so this morning, I'm going to pray. And if you want to talk to me or, or any of the people here, I plead with you and want to know more about Christ. Make that decision. Can you imagine if Jairus didn't come to Jesus? His daughter would be dead. The woman says, you know what? I give up. We wouldn't even hear about it. But yet... They took action. They knew that was the only way. And so we're going to pray, and we'll conclude, and I'll let them continue with the giving of the numbers. But think about what I said here. Think about it. Go back to the story if you have a Bible, and think about where you're at. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this story, that it shows the wideness of your love and mercy. That heaven is not an exclusive club. There isn't something that we have to acquire. Because you have already done it on Calvary. Lord, there is nothing that you won't forgive. But we need to come to you, Lord. So we can be forgiven. 
And so, Father, I pray here that there are people here who are somebodies and are nobodies, but you love them both. May they understand that when we are in Christ, we are a somebody. We are a child of God. We are a child of the King. And that, Lord, religion can't save us. Going to church doesn't save us. Reading our Bible doesn't save us. Doing good works doesn't save us. You've done the work for us. It's putting our trust and our faith in you, turning from our sins and putting our trust in you. Lord, our wealth doesn't save us. We can't write a check and get into heaven. But your blood can get us into heaven. Your precious blood that has no value. It's beyond all measure. Can let us into heaven. And Lord, the time, the seasons we go through, Lord, Yes, we all go through good times and bad times. But if we're in Christ, you're the constant. You're the rock. And we can trust in you. And lastly, Lord, I pray for those people here, for their faith. For those who have little faith, Lord, meet them there that they may come to know you. And for those who have big faith, Lord, meet them there too. Lord, I pray here that no one leaves here this morning without trusting in you. And so, Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for everyone here. Bless them this Christmas. Be with them, Lord. Minister to them. And, Lord, may they not leave here today, Lord, not thinking about what was said today. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time together. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.